I'm Monty. This is the Marriage Bites Podcast. We get real about the joys and challenges of marriage through bites of wisdom we have learned over the years. Our aim is to share this wisdom with you so your marriage won't bite. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. The sun is somewhat shining. There's some clouds. I'm hoping that it rains, though, later. So what's uh, what's going on with you? I'll be honest, I'm tired today. How come? Well, the first time I got woken up, about three in the morning, by our two-year-old, had a hard time going back to sleep for about 45 minutes to an hour. Then, the second time I got woken up this morning, it was about 6.30, when our teenager was making toast in the kitchen and the fire alarm went off. Oh, I thought that was a dream. If it is, then we both had the same dream. <laughs> that would be weird. It's happened before, though. That's true. I've heard of it. Yeah. So, another episode of the Marriage Bites podcast. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things getting burned, toast. The thing is, the toast didn't actually burn. It's like the fire alarm can just somehow has some sensor that can tell when the toaster is being used and just decides to randomly go off. I'm kind of, so, so the other day I was making some toast and the toast didn't burn and the fire alarm went off. I know. I think the two are dating and I think they're having a good laugh. Or they're just conspiring. They could be. They better be careful. They're going to both end up in the landfill. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> I'm thinking we might want a new toaster because seriously, I don't know what's happening, but the toast is fine, but the fire alarm goes off every time. It sounds like a fire alarm problem. If anyone out there knows what's going on, let us know, because yeah. it is super sensitive. And it's annoying when your teenager makes toast early in the morning and it wakes you up. Yes, very annoying. And speaking of things being burned or not burned, today we're talking about burnout. We are, but just a little bit of a disclaimer, everybody out there who's listening. So we don't have a babysitter today for our two-year-old, so we have one of the best babysitters watching him, which is the television and Sean the sheep he loves Sean the sheep he does he's he was downstairs a few minutes ago and I said hey come on up here and watch Sean the sheep and boy I heard him say Sean the sheep and he came running to the stairs and as fast as he could run up it he loves Sean the sheep oh, so cute so he may end up walking in here but we'll see or the trucks driving by outside oh yeah I wonder if anyone can hear that I don't know if it comes in it's really nice outside I think it's in the 60s so ignore the children noises or the truck noises and just listen to what we're saying because it's going to be really amazing. Listen to the deep sound of my voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is burnout? Ooh, burnout. I think it's when we are feeling overwhelmed and sick and tired of things. So is that it's like you're doing fine, then you feel stressed, and then you feel exhausted, and then you feel burnout. Yeah, I think everyone has felt burnout from time to time. And mm -hmm. I think, at least from all the things that I've learned about burnout, there's there's a lot of different philosophies about burnout and what causes it mm -hmm. and how to deal with it. And I think everyone's got some of it right, but I think I think it's an individual thing. Mm, yeah. But I think there's some core things there that are all the same that cause burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So it's not like we're the experts on burnout and we're saying all the things. We're just giving a few little things about it because you can only say so much in half an hour. Yeah. I got a little bit of help talking about burnout from Emily and Amelia Nagoski, twin sisters who wrote the book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. 
I highly recommend this book. I actually had two points of help. One was Brooke Castillo from The Life Coach. She has some really interesting things to say about burnout. And the other, um, probably more authoritative source. Don't tell Brooke you said that. (laughs) If she hears what I have to say, she's probably okay with it. She'll, She'll be fine. The other authoritative source that I have is me. That's right. I've experienced burnout before. Yes. And I have some thoughts. Okay. So in the book, they talk about completing the stress cycle. So basically what that means is you'll have a stressor which is a thing that happens in your life that makes your limbic brain go crazy. So, for example, if you're being chased by a lion, your fight or flight is activated. Or if you get yelled at by somebody, fight or flight activates. So the thing that causes... You want to say something? Well, so what's the limbic brain? Yeah, it's kind of the automatic part of your brain. Some people call it the lizard brain. Some people call it the lower brain. I would say it's your lower brain or your animal brain. There's not the higher reasoning per se. You don't necessarily decide, I'm going to go into fight or flight. It just automatically happens because your lower brain or your Mm -hmm. limbic brain pushes you into there. Limbic, lizard, lower, it all starts with L. Yeah, so that's fine. Not the loser brain. I know some people are... It's the part of you that reacts to whatever, to the world around you. It's the part of your brain that wants to keep you safe. So when that part of your brain is activated, then you feel the stress that comes from the stressor, the lion chasing you or the boss yelling at you or the alarm sounding, whatever it is. And at some point, the stressor goes away. You leave work, you go home, or the alarm turns off or whatever the thing that caused your limbic brain to fire goes away. But then you still have the stress in your body to deal with. The emotions that are happening, the hormones, like the adrenaline rush, or um, the stress that is happening from that experience. And if that doesn't get dealt with, then it stays in your body. And so a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I'm home. Why am I still anxious? Or the alarm is off. I know everything is fine. Why can I not relax? And it's because the stressor has been dealt with. But the stress has not. Speaking of the physical body, another part of burnout is depletion. So if you're not giving your body what it needs to do what you're asking it to do. Like fuel. Yeah. So if you're eating Snickers bars all day, I know Snickers would really want you to eat those when you're hungry. But when your body is depleted, it doesn't really have in it what your body needs to do what you're asking it to do. So either like physical nutrition or also like sleep. Sometimes sleep is in our control and sometimes it's not as much in our control. For example, if you have teenagers making toast and waking you up early in the morning or babies who wake you up in the middle of the night, it's not always 100% in your control. But when you go to sleep, sometimes it's somewhat in your control. Some of those things, it's not just one event that will give you burnout. It's over a period of time and just being totally depleted. Yeah, a pattern of not giving your body what it needs over a long period of time causing depletion. Your body needs what it needs to create hormones for you, for example, or to move your muscles or to give you the energy that you need. And if that energy is coming from outside substances, if you drink coffee regularly and then all of a sudden you don't have it, then your body is like, what's happening? Some people experience this. And that's kind of a form of depletion because you are feeling tired You eat or drink something that gives you a quick burst, 
but it's not also giving you the building blocks that your body needs to create the hormones that you need to have energy or to sleep or whatever it is because everything in your whole body is driven by hormones of one kind or another. Like if it's using the caffeine to suddenly give you extra energy, but then when the caffeine wears off, then your body is more depleted. So then you drink more caffeine and then your body gets more depleted. Unless you are really also focusing on your nutrition and making sure that that's where it needs to be so your body is getting the building blocks that it needs to do what you're asking it to do, whatever that might be. The next part of burnout is, as far as a physical exhaustion, is overwork. I think people who work a lot can be overworked and I think doing that over a period of time will cause burnout. You just get tired of working. You get tired of dealing with the same things and that can give give you burnout. Mm-hmm. If you are you know, working seven days a week for months and months on end, your body isn't getting necessarily the chance that it needs to rest, especially if you have a really physically demanding job. Well, I think even if you're doing something you love, and let's say you're working five days a week or six days or seven days a week, but you're doing something you really love, I think you can still be burnt out. I know there's some that say, and I, Brooke Castillo talks about this, that if you're doing something you love and you're being fueled properly, that you won't experience that burnout. But I I think over time you can. Mm-hmm. And it's important for your brain and your body to do something else, to change gears for mm-hmm. a little bit of time. Um, another aspect of overwork is not listening to your body. Sometimes if you're doing something and you're like, I just need to push a little bit harder and not listening to your body saying, hold on, it's time to rest, it's time to stop. That is another version of overwork. It doesn't necessarily have to be at a paying job, like at a work job. It could be literally anything. Um, <laughs> like shoveling snow. I have had a year or two ago, we had all that snow and I was out shoveling And I just wanted to finish the job and I didn't want to stop until it was done. And the next day I was so sore I could hardly move because I overworked because I didn't listen to my body saying, okay, that's enough. It's time to stop. Let somebody else shovel the snow. So I have an example of overwork and how it burnt me out. When I was going to college, uh, oh boy, it's been almost 20 something years ago. I, so I was raised on a farm. I know what hard work is all about. And believe me, I worked hard on the farm growing up, mm-hmm. but I needed a summer job. And so I, I got on with this company uh, building grain bins of anything. If anyone has ever seen those, there's a big silver roundish cylindrical buildings that hold grain. They're called grain bins. They are a pain in the neck to build. Um, and the company I worked for, they just, they wanted to work as, as hard and as fast as they could to build grain bins. And I, I understand their business. They want to make money, but it was... It was hard on my body. We were working long hours. Uh, we would get on a job site at 6 or 7 a.m. and we would work until sometimes 9 or 10 at night. I would work day in and day out doing those, building these grain bins. And no amount of thinking was going to change the fact that it, it was hot. My body, I was starting to feel pain in my, my hands, my, my back. Um, like I said, I was no stranger to hard work, but this company just pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, to where I just couldn't go on. I couldn't go on. I thought if I continue to go on, I'm going to damage myself permanently. And maybe that was a thought, but I could feel the signs and symptoms of damage being mm-hmm. done. Well, at some point you started listening to your body. Your body was like I talking did. to you and saying, hey, this is too much. But I was totally exhausted and I was mm-hmm. totally burnt out. At first I was like, okay, this is no big deal. I can do this job. And I didn't do it very long. Uh, it was two like or, two or three months. Maybe. Yeah, it wasn't very long. And 
Um, but they had a really high turnover of employees because they were pushing them so hard. There was no joy in the work. And I was totally burnt out. So eventually I found a reason or a way to quit mm-hmm. that, that I could be good with. And, uh, and I quit the job. And uh, a few weeks later, I met my wife. So I guess it was good that I quit. I guess so. <laughs> Another example of physical burnout would be not getting enough sleep. Sometimes, like I said earlier, this is in our control. We stay up late watching Netflix. I don't know anything about that. Nothing at all. Or we stay up late waiting for our teenagers to get home. Or we stay up late just because we can and we... We talk about stuff. Or we work. Some people will come home, eat dinner, and then continue working into the evening. And that's fine. That's um, not inherently a problem with that. But if you're ending up keeping yourself up and not sleeping, then you're, again, your body's going to be depleted. If you are waking several times throughout the night, maybe with a young baby, that's a thing. And you can't always control it, but it's another thing that might cause burnout. Well, and I... It not only burns you out physically, but I think it starts burning you out emotionally too. Because as you don't get enough sleep, you're not able to process things properly. And I think that that can really affect your emotional it self, can. your mental self. Right. So this one can be like physical and emotional right. kind of at the same time. Right. And that kind of leads us into our next section, which is emotional exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the physical symptoms are affected by the emotional parts as well. It's not like you have the physical and you have the emotional and they're two totally separate things. Oh, they're intertwined. But our thoughts that we're having about our circumstances definitely contribute to emotional exhaustion. I'll speak to this a little bit. Before I understood this concept, we'd had previous children and I was always so tired and I was just always dragging and it was so... Ugh, it was, I was pretty much burned out all the time. Our most recent child, I was able to change the way I thought about his night waking. It's not that he woke up less. It's not even that I got more sleep with him. But instead of feeling like waking up in the middle of the night was a problem, instead of telling myself I should get to sleep all night, I realized it's normal. Waking up in the night is just part of having a baby. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to take a nap sometimes. Sometimes I got naps, not all the time. The mindset shift from thinking that there's something going wrong to this is normal, it's just how it goes, made such a huge difference in how tired I felt throughout the day. So your thoughts, I, I like how you talked about that. And that's that's kind of the big thing I got from Brooke Castillo's lesson, if you will, that she talks about is that if you're beginning to feel burnt out, you can you can change your thoughts. She talks a lot about how it's all caused by your thoughts. And I think a lot of times it is. If you are in a job and you feel like it's soul-sucking, that's a thought. That's exactly what's going to happen. You can change your thought on it, Mm -hmm. at least for a time. Right, because if you're thinking everything is horrible, then what your brain is going to do is look for all the horrible things. And it's going to miss everything that's not horrible. Right. And when your brain is so focused on all the horrible things and ruminating on that, that's going to use up all of your mental energy on seeing how horrible it is and not being energized by the things that actually are good. You're not allowing yourself to get that energy or the uplift that comes from seeing the things that are good and from feeling the more positive emotions that are totally available. When you're trying to do something, maybe it's something new, and you get started on it and it's really good and then it gets hard and then you stop and then you start and then you stop and then you start. You lose momentum. 
and that wears you out. It takes a lot of energy to start something and a lot less energy to keep something going. So this constant starting and stopping can also contribute to this emotional burnout. You know, I that happens to me all the time at work. And it's for those who might be listening to this and who work with me, this is not a, I'm not dogging on anybody. It's part of my job, but I'll get going on a project and I'll be gaining some momentum and then somebody will come into my office and have a question or need something, some fire put out right away. And I have to stop what I'm doing and then it's hard to get back going again once I've put out that fire and then I'll start to get a little bit of momentum and then bam, something else will happen. I'll get a phone call or somebody will come in the office and by the end of the day, I've been sitting in the office for eight hours doing this kind of work and realized, wow, I feel like I didn't accomplish anything and it can really wear on you. But thinking I didn't accomplish anything is not true. You did accomplish things. Right. It's your thought, I didn't accomplish anything that's making you feel the way yeah. that you're feeling. I didn't accomplish the first task I was trying to do that I had momentum on and mm-hmm. then I, it got interrupted. And so you're right, it's thoughts. Your thoughts do play a big part in burnout. Mm-hmm. And that if I would just sit down and do the thought work, I could feel better about it. I have a lot of experience with the whole being interrupted thing as well. So I'll get started on a thing. And then again, some kid will be like, mom, I need you to do this right now. Or it's the two-year-old spilling milk all over the floor or flooding the bathroom. And then I have to go take care of it. It's sort of an exigent circumstance, I guess you would say. And then I can get back to what I'm working on. Or sometimes I don't actually get back to what I'm working on. But if I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my two-year-old shouldn't make messes. How much of my mental energy is being used up in this negative place of my two-year-old should be different than he is? Because everybody knows two-year-olds make messes. School-age kids need things. I think you hit the nail on the head there, is that when those negative thoughts, when you allow them to take over, that will cause burnout quicker than anything. Mm-hmm. If you have the positive thoughts about things, you're less likely to have that burnout. I, You know, positive versus negative. Well, and even if you can just get to neutral, like, okay, I'm working on this thing. Baby made a mess. It's not that I want to feel positive about baby making a mess or something. Sure. But even if I get to a neutral place where I'm like, okay, this happened, I can deal with it. That's a lot more neutral than this shouldn't be happening. Getting away from the more negative things even to a neutral place can make such a huge difference in how much of your energy is going to the negative versus using that energy to push forward the projects that you're working on or whatever it is you're trying to do. Talk about overwhelm. Well, overwhelm is when you have something going on in your life that allows you to feel like you can't, I guess, overcome it or accomplish it mm-hmm. or it's too difficult um, or there's too much information um, for you to process and deal with. Right. And overwhelm is always caused by the way you're thinking about something. If you're thinking it's too much, then of course your brain is going to go, oh, can't do it. Overwhelm. Right. If and you're like, we- if it's a, there's a lot to learn and I can do it, you're not going to go straight to overwhelm. Right. And I think when we start feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times we will try to then avoid doing whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Or we're feeling afraid of the next step that we want to take. When I was just barely starting to build my business, I was in overwhelm all the time. And I'll be honest, I still am sometimes. And it's because of the fear of putting myself out there. What are people going to think? Is this even going to work? What's going to happen? And to feel fear is very uncomfortable. And feeling overwhelmed is a little bit less uncomfortable. So it's easier to go to overwhelm than to really go to maybe I'm not good enough. I don't know what to do 
is a lot easier for us to process than I'm not good enough. Overwhelm can burn you out quicker than I think a lot of things. That we've right, because about. you're using so much energy. Right. And you're not using it to propel you forward on anything. You're just sitting in one place. It's like the the phrase, worry is like a rocking chair. Um, I don't remember the second half. It's something like you use up a lot of energy, but you don't go anywhere. <laughs> so you you feel like you're doing so much. You feel like you're like, see how much movement I'm making, but you're in a rocking chair. You're just going back and forth and you're not actually getting anywhere. Another thing that causes a lot of emotional exhaustion is confusion. So confusion is basically not allowing yourself to make a decision. Sometimes deciding between two things you really care about is difficult. So your brain is like, I don't want to do the hard thing of having to choose one thing and then feel the discomfort of not choosing the other. We'll just go straight to confusion. Then we don't have to deal with any of it. We'll just be in confusion. It's the same thing as worry and overwhelm. You're using up a lot of energy, not making any progress. And then on top of that, often we judge ourselves. Like, I should be able to make this decision. Or I'm taking too long to decide. Or I'm judging myself for yelling at my kid for making a mess in the bathroom. Or I shouldn't be this way. Or I shouldn't be so tired. Or I shouldn't stay up so late. All the things that we judge ourselves for is, again, just more wasted energy that leads us further into burnout. I have a really good story to tell about emotional exhaustion. Go for it. So we already told you about how our oldest child has type 1 diabetes. If we didn't, we're telling you now. A lot of parents with kids with diabetes experience so much burnout because you can't just take a break from it. It's constant. And there's so much mind drama that happens. I've heard hundreds of parents say things like, I failed my child. I'm doing it wrong. I don't know how to do this. It's too much. Yeah, they're overwhelmed. Because of what they're telling themselves. How energizing is it to tell yourself, I failed my child? Versus how much mental energy are you spending beating yourself up for failing your child? When it's not even true. You haven't failed your child as long as you are trying. Even if the treatment plan didn't go the way you wanted, because diabetes is so unpredictable, they're trying to control something that's not controllable and then beating themselves up for not being able to control it. And I've seen this so many times with so many parents. And I did this myself. I remember being there myself. I remember that moment when I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this another day. He was, I don't know, eight probably. It was probably within the first year because all the new things you have to learn and figuring out all the things you have to bring with you every time you go somewhere. And it was all new and I didn't have the thoughts about it that I needed to stay out of burnout. So yeah, I was burned out and he was burned out and I was unhappy and he was unhappy and diabetes didn't go away, but burnout because of diabetes went away because I realized some things. It's not my fault. There's no good number and bad number. There's just numbers that need treatment and numbers that don't. And taking so much of that on myself was such a burden that I was taking on that I didn't have to take on. So I set that burden aside and realized that he's going to be okay. And if he's not, we'll be able to figure it out. And that was what got me personally out of diabetes burnout. Also getting an insulin pump made a huge difference. It was like a total game changer. So sometimes changing your circumstances helps. That's right. So for me, years ago, I joined our traffic unit. And boy, I love working traffic. It's so much fun. I enjoy 
investigating crashes. I enjoy keeping the roads safe. But I joined their traffic unit, and when I did, there was a lot of, I don't know what you would call it. It's uh, there was a lot of energy from from others. Guys go to the traffic team to sit around. They go there to basically be lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And I actually joined the traffic team, and a few months later, a friend of mine joined it as well. And we both love traffic. And so we really had this goal of changing the way people looked at the traffic team. And we worked our guts out for about two years. We'd take every crash we could and wrote tickets and we made stops and we gave warnings and we really tried to change that. And as we were doing all this work, traffic continued to be bad. Crashes continued to happen. And people still thought the traffic team was a bunch of lazy bums. At least that was the Perce- overall perception perception of the mm-hmm. traffic team. And it really kind of got to me. And I thought, I'm here working hard, doing something I love to do, but there's no recognition of it. And I don't feel like I'm making a difference, which when I really thought about it, we really were. But it totally burned me out. After mm-hmm. two years, I could not see myself doing traffic like that anymore. I had to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It was starting to affect my mood and, and who I was on my off time. Um, it started to affect how I was on stops. And I was like, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it anymore. I got totally burnt out. One day it came to me that, you know what, I need to change my, my situation. And so I went to our my supervisor and I said, look, I, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave him my two weeks notice for being on the traffic unit. Uh, and then I went back to general patrol work. So... That's my story about it. I was overwhelmed and I was just, I felt like I was overworked and no one was paying attention and Mm. I wasn't making a difference. And it was totally, I was totally burnt out. But I wonder what would have happened if you'd stayed on the traffic team and changed your mindset about it. Because when you're thinking, nobody's paying attention to what I'm doing. Nobody cares about the work. It's not making any difference. Of course, all of that is going to lead to burnout. Right. I think changing my, the way I thought about it would have really helped. Mm -hmm. Getting off the traffic team was a perfectly legitimate way of handling it as well. Yeah. I think the big thing here is that we're all human and we all have these thoughts that come to our head. Mm -hmm. We all experience burnout and it takes us being intentional to to overcome that burnout Mm -hmm. or to make a change. And I think the key here is to know that we have a lot more control over our feeling burnout than you would think. Yeah. And when you, the good news is if burnout is your fault because of what you're thinking, then you have the ability to change it and to fix it for you. Whether or not you change jobs, whether or not you change roles in your job, whether or not you, like as a mom, I couldn't just suddenly not be a mom anymore. You know? I mean, I guess I could have like abandoned my family, but... uh, You're still a mom, but you're a bad mom. (laughs) I don't know that that would have even fixed the situation anyway because I would have felt so much guilt for abandoning the family. But when you can control it, then all of a sudden... Your circumstances don't control you anymore. Yeah. So stay tuned for next week and we're going to talk more about how to overcome burnout. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Bites podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Let us know what you took away from this episode by sending us an email at info at You can also see what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Andalyn Price Coaching. Or you can visit my website, andalynprice.com, to learn more. See you next week. Bye. Bye!
Did you hear that word you just said? You said shifference. <laughs> you mixed difference and shifting. Yes, that's what happens. When you said Snickers, that made me think of Mr. T when he's advertising for Snickers. Uh huh. Go on to YouTube, everybody, and look at the Mr. T Snickers commercials. They are funny. His phrase is, get some nuts. It is hilarious. <laughs> anyway. There's going to be a lot of editing happening right there. <laughs> sure is.